What Jesus taught about God was crafted to speak of God in just the way those listening to him needed to hear it. Jesus came to make God known to us, and for us to learn what God is like, we must know what Jesus said of God, and we must keep our eyes upon the Lord Jesus still. Welcome everyone, this is the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. I'm the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and I'm the Executive Director of the International Outreach and Disciple-Making Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism. And these two ministries are the sponsors of this program. To learn more about either, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Our topic is What Jesus Taught About God. There was a novelty in what Jesus said about God in his day. He spoke of God as a father. The idea wasn't new, but Jesus appropriated that truth to those he spoke with a new force that was unheard of. Calling God Father meant something to them because at the same time, Jesus upheld a lofty view of the majesty and holiness of God. You'll need that view of God if God being your Father will have any significant impact on your life. When relating those he's speaking to to God, speaks to God as your Father or my Father, unless he's challenging them, then he speaks to them as the Lord, the all-powerful Yahweh, the Lord. This is quite interesting. This is actually quite profound. This is unlike the way that Jews consistently thought of God. They have, may have identified all the ways of God in which God was like a father. They may even think that God was uniquely a father who had created the Jewish people, but they were not in the habit at this time of appropriating that intimate relationship to God in a personal manner to themselves. It was just a conceptual idea, not a personal idea. And yet when the Lord Jesus spoke and communicated God, he almost always communicated God to individuals in this very personal fashion. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, it's called ISBEs, tells us that a symmetrical and beautiful picture of the duties and characters of the ideal father may be built from statements in the Old Testament. Here's what it says. Think about it for a moment. He loves. He commands. He instructs. He guides and encourages. He warns and he trains. He rebukes. He restrains and holds back. He, he punishes and he chastens. He nourishes. He delights in his children. He delights in their wisdom. He's deeply pained by their folly and their sin. He is considerate of their needs and their requests. He is considerate of their weaknesses and their burdens. He is tenderly familiar with them. He's self-restrained in dealing with them. He doesn't blow them over. He doesn't provoke them to wrath. He holds the highest view for their potential. He pities them in their weakness. He is the last one to desert them when everyone else does. Those are just images of the ideal father. That's God. The ideal father in the Old Testament is not something that God is fashioned after. It's what is fashioned after God. God is the ideal father. This is his heart and his way. And and that's what the Lord Jesus was teaching and instructing. Some years ago, I was in the habit in my first church as a pastor of giving most of my illustrations from my childhood. And that was 30 years ago, so my childhood was pretty recent in my mind. I gave a lot of illustrations about my dad. 
of what my dad was like, particularly in relating to this idea of what God was like. And I had a gentleman come to me and said, I really appreciate your preaching, but I'm having a struggle with relating to God as a father and listening to your illustrations because my father put me in the hospital on a few different occasions with broken bones. Lee, my friend Lee, Lee, tell me, you've got a few children of your own. Were you not afraid to have children since all you had was the example of all the things, the terrible things your father was? Oh, well, no, not really. Well, why? How did you think that you were going to come up with a better way to be a father? Well, as a boy, I used to dream of what a perfect father would be like. And I decided that's what I wanted to be like to my children. Oh, Lee, since you were a child, God was putting into your heart himself and an idea of himself. Because God is that perfect, ideal father you were thinking of. And that's, that's what the Lord Jesus was teaching us all along. And communicating to us all along. And making accessible to us and appropriating to us. This great God that he acknowledged existed. Could be existed and known and experienced by us as a father. Your father, my father. Here's the last thing I'd say to you about how the Lord Jesus taught about God. Jesus presented God as a father to his followers, but when he did, he did not limit or deny any of the great high views that the teachers of Israel were teaching at that time about God. Now, this is important. Today, it's not uncommon for individuals to think of and speak of God as the father. It's the fallout. It's the progressive impact of the way that the Lord Jesus taught about him. Actually, if you'll go back and look at the rabbinic teaching, you'll find that the rabbinic teaching didn't have hardly a single note about God being a father. But after the time of Christ, this great rabbi that shook the nation of Israel, all of a sudden there is in the Jewish rabbinic teaching more and more expressions of God as a father. They're being shaped in their own thinking by what Jesus taught at that time. Well, we've been shaped by it as well, and so it's not uncommon for us to think of it. You might think of this as no great revelation that God is your Father. You've heard this said on multiple occasions. There are individuals that that's the only way in which they address God. God is Father. But we also live in a time in which there's not a very high view of God. God's holiness, God's majesty, the worthiness of God, the fearfulness and awesomeness of God, His power, His justice, His wrath against sin, His exacting righteousness, His condescending mercy that reaches to us terribly in the midst of our own wretchedness is not being taught and being upheld. Much of the time, God is just being portrayed as a good old boy who's a good companion for yourself. He's just the man upstairs. He's just, just a cowboy's companion. He's just an indulgent lover of people. He's the broomstick that sweeps up your life when you make messes and things get cluttered up. Uh, He's the cheerleader in the background that's telling you that you're great and you're strong and you can do it. Such a view of God impoverishes the great honor of knowing God as your father. When the Lord Jesus taught about God being our father, he taught it out of a time and in a moment in which there was an exceedingly high view of who God was. And the Lord Jesus didn't contradict any of those views. He was teaching in Jerusalem at that time, and the temple was there in Jerusalem. And at the temple in Jerusalem, there was a a constant flow of blood that was pouring out upon the altar in the temple of Jerusalem from morning to evening, demonstrating to people that God was exacting and called for the punishment of sin, and that you had to have bloodshed in order to approach God and have your sins forgiven. And God was merciful, and God had provided the sacrifice, but God was no one to be trifled with. And they understood that. And then there were synagogues throughout 
Jerusalem as well. And in those synagogues, they were being taught to pray 18 prayers a day. Every Jew was being taught to pray 18 different prayers a day that were crafted around an exalted view of who God was. Here's just an example of one of those prayers. Let me read it to you. True it is that thou art the Lord our God, the God of our fathers, our King, the King of our fathers, our Savior, the Savior of our fathers, our Creator, the Rock of our salvation, our help, our Deliverer. Thy name is from everlasting, and there is no God beside thee. A new song did they that were delivered sing to thy name by the seashore, speaking of when Israel was delivered out of Egypt. Together did they all praise and own thee king and say, The Lord shall reign, world without end. Blessed be this God who saves Israel. One of the 18 prayers. They were learning to pray to exalt God. If you don't have a high view of God, you rob yourself of the profound meaning that that God is your father. Your father. This is how the Lord Jesus taught. He didn't teach us that God was a father in order to get us a casual and sentimental view of God. Instead, he gave us an inheritance as the sons and daughters of the great God from which the heavens and the earth fly away at his presence and the mountains quake at the sound of his voice. Our God is awesome, awesome and terrible. And we, if you come to him through Jesus Christ and your faith in him, we may call him Father, our Father. Close by sharing with you a poem. I wrote it when I was 22 years old. Our Father, our Father, who greets the address thus spoken into the wide space of vast creation made, echoing over open plains and mountains laid. This cry goes ringing in the wilderness wood. Within the stands of unpenetrated forest it calls, yet who is there to hear the sound when a prayer falls? Out over the ocean deep and drifting cloudy mist daily the shrouds of earth in gray births form and fainter yet this name becomes between the sea and storm. One single address now rising beyond earth's sphere. Who is to answer from the planets of the moons? Who shall reply from out the silence of universal dunes? With precision the galaxies lay one upon the other. Innumerable oceans of flaming suns and liquid light are dressed. Through these the call continues till it penetrates the crest. There the universe is amassed. A footstool for God. Its awesome grandeur now shrinks to a cower within the presence of its creator's blazing power. This is he whose fingers strum the plains and pinch the earth into vaulted mountains majesty. And in his palm he gently cupped the waters of the sea. By his breath the planets and the moons are spun. With pleasure he flung each star into its place. And with one hand he measured out the boundaries of space. Before his throne the address exhausted rest. Now all creation trembles before its frightful Lord. And then he bows and there receives with care one feeble word. In wonder, angels witness this one petition heard. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and thine is the power and thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Father. Would you bow your heads with me?
The fear still, O God, is that these are concepts laid out to stimulate the mind instead of change the heart back to you, that heart that's resisted you and denied you and turned from you. That heart that's trusted in its own instincts, in its own way, in its own ideas. The fear is, O God, that the mind may be touched and not the heart. And yet when you spoke, O Jesus, of your Father, you spoke from the heart and from your experience and your life with him throughout all eternity. And you wanted us to know that your Father could be our Father as well. If we trust and believe in you, if by faith we would pour our life into you and become one with you and trust, you would introduce us into the household of our Father. We might be born again, his children. Our Father. Oh God, may we speak it and be able to speak it truthfully and honestly. Deep spirits that are honest and open before you and worship you in the high and holy place. May it lift our spirits and our minds to the greatest and highest heights. Our Father. May we speak it and it bring us low to the lowest level in which each person needs to be touched by your love, impacted by your presence known of your universal interest and desire for them and know the gift that you've given that they might be your children through faith. Our Father, our Father. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.